Hi, my name's Michael and welcome to Today Dreamer, a podcast and YouTube channel that examines the interplay between inner work and outer work. Through conscious conversations and practical walkthroughs, we'll be exploring ideas and practices to help you find a deeper sense of clarity, develop your focus and take meaningful action. I hope you love the show. I want to welcome you to this episode of the podcast and share my gratitude with you for being here. Before we begin, I'd like to invite you into a space with me. And I'd like you to, if you're open to it, use this as an opportunity to pause from whatever's going on in your day or night, wherever you are, to, I guess, drop into yourself to let everything else just dissolve for a moment and hit that little reset button pause for a second and um, yeah I think that would be a nice way to lead into this podcast so I'm going to invite you now to take let's say two uh, deep breaths as slow as you possibly can in through the nose using your diaphragm and picture the breath rising in and kind of hold space somewhere on your forehead, as strange as that may sound, and then, um, you know, allow that release to take place effortlessly and and with the same smoothness and, um, I guess, consistency as the inhale, and then we'll get into things. I'll do it with you now. So allow your eyes to close gently and um, in we go. Today's episode is with Nikki Slade. Lately, I've been exploring vibration, this idea of vibes uh, from a, I guess, from a variety of different perspectives, a scientific perspective, different, I guess, spiritual perspectives and social perspectives and the, and the you know, those social vibes and, and feelings uh, through sound, vibration, vibrational energy through sound and, and the different spectrum of moods that uh, can be experienced through that. And it's been quite a fun exploration. And I've really enjoyed having a few conversations, if you've, if you've been listening to the podcast, around chanting and this idea of our vibration that we, that we create 
and in some way share in a sense of uh, unity and union with one another um, when we sing and we create one voice through these mantras or, or sounds, um, these ancient um, noises or, or vibrations, I guess. So in this exploration, I've been wanting to speak to people that lead chanting sessions or kirtans and I, I came across Nikki Slade. Nikki is quite an extraordinary human, as you're about to find out. She's had some very profound life experiences that have that have uh, that she's about to share with us, and that have been really a, a strong catalyst for change in her life. And um, we're going to explore what that looks like and her journey through that experience, through those experiences and um, the, the lessons and the wisdom, wisdom that she has to share with us as well as looking at chanting vibrational energy and um, really how to free your inner voice, which is something, a bit of a theme at the moment as well, uh, that, I'm, that I'm kind of a thread that I'm, that I'm following along. So I really hope that you can, you can find a way to engage with the conversation that I'm about to share with you from a really open-minded and um, even a playful way. If you're able to surrender into this one, I, I really feel like there's some, there's some really nice insights that can be gained. So again, thank you for coming on this journey with me. And if you're enjoying what you're listening to or watching, then please consider, um, you know, deepening that, deepening that participation through whatever way you would like, whether it's hitting a subscribe button, sharing the show with a friend, connecting with me in some way, um, leaving a review or whatever. Just, just consider kind of deepening the connection because I feel like I'm on this journey with you and I'd like to, you know, continue that, that feeling and, and to kind of, I guess, build a little bit of, um, you know, meaningful uh, vibrational energy, I guess. So thank you so much. And let's get into this conversation with Nikki Slade. Um. I like to, I like to follow the flow, um, you know, in fact, when I'm working, um, I'm very much about following intuition, inner connection, inner guidance. And um, I think in my early life, I didn't do that. Um, I didn't know how to do that. Um, and actually, that was what was missing. That was that, that ability to trust that the the way, if you like, is is an inner job, um, was something that I was definitely seeking um, in my early life, and um, I sought for it in all of the places that many of us try and find answers. You know, um, I'm quite candid um, about the fact that I pursued the path of addiction for a while. Um, you know, and um, really it was that kind of rock bottom in the field 
of addiction or the, the, the journey of addiction that, that led me to the path I've been on now for over 30 years, which is the path of mantra and sound and chanting. And, you know, it was such a relief to actually find when I first discovered the practice um, what I was looking for. And that was that vibrational connection. Um, so I think as many addicts who are, who are in recovery or recovering um, would say, you know, what I'm really seeking is connection, but I don't know where to find it. And um, that's why I think, you know, because millions of people are addicted to something, you know, looking outside to release that craving inside that kind of what is it, you know, I'm, I'm feeling ill at ease and and to find something completely for free that's like the running waters, the living waters of life inside my own heart was just incredible. It was such an incredible revelation that, um, yes, that I could go home on the inside without the use of a drink or a drug. It was absolutely phenomenal for me. I was about um, 27 years old, about, so that's about 30 years ago now, um, uh, when I first came into the practice. But I'll let you trigger off questions because uh, I've, I've spoken a bit there. <laughs> Yeah, that's wonderful. And there's so many roads we could take and, and I kind of, I wouldn't mind exploring a handful of them. I feel like, yeah, it's definitely seems to be the case that that's kind of the cosmic joke of it all, right? Like we are searching for, you know, we it's oftentimes a lot of us feel, or probably all of us, you know, at some point feel quite lost. And from the inside, we don't really know where we're going and we don't know what we're doing here. And um, yeah, it's 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 almost as if, once we once we realize um once we realize you know and who we are in in a sense or connect with who we are on a deeper level it's like we've always kind of been there um there's just been layers upon layers of kind of you know different elements kind of stacked on top of us that that kind of blind the way and it seems like it's it's quite for me personally anyways uh, quite a cyclical process it's not it's 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 as it's as though there's a, a feeling of knowing that that arises in certain moments and then passes, um, and then comes back. You know, it it um, and I'm, it may be different for you, and I guess um, everyone's at a different stage in their process. But could you talk to me a little bit about um, you know stepping into that um, acceptance and and connecting with that that deeper, I guess inner version of yourself i'm sure there's a lot of different ways to describe it but um how do we step into that or how do we allow for that to happen and how do we open up to to that um that that knowing inside yeah well i think there there are no quick fixes it is it is a cyclical journey and each cycle i think the journey deepens um but because my main love in life is is mantra and chanting and um, has been a huge part of my life for, as I say, 30 years, um, 30 odd years. When I practice chanting regularly, and I have the very good fortune to share that with others every single day now, um, 
I can actually hear, um, if you like, my inner voice guiding me. And it's through the practice that those revelations um, come, you know, and, and I find that all good things come. Like, Michael, we didn't know each other, but because I've opened up to this life, you're in Australia, I'm here in London, you know, and we found one another. And so I just trust the intelligence of that flow that, um, you know, I'm meant to be talking to you this morning here in London. And, um, you know, and then I'll get in intuitive guidances to the next place I'm supposed to be. So, you know, in, in fact, my entire working life is very, very flowing like that. It's very organic. I very, very rarely heavily promote anything. In fact, I'm very uncomfortable doing that because I'm very clear that the divine promotes me, promotes all of us actually, um, and knows exactly where to place me and you know, knows who I should be in front of, <clears throat> knows who's coming. And my job is to get out of the way of myself mm. and listen. And, um, and yes, you talk about acceptance. I think acceptance is an extremely important quality um, because without that love and acceptance of oneself, um, it is challenging in this world, you know. One is looking... And I think really at the heart of addiction, you know, that disease of seeking love, seeking approval, seeking validation, seeking affirmation, all of those things that every soul longs for is that sense of, am I okay? Am I safe? Is it, is everything going to be all right? You know, and um, I think it's an, I think it's a lifelong journey that, um, and the answers, as you say, excuse me, are, are within and um, it's, it's never done, it's never dusted, it's never fixed until, you know, one becomes established in that state of reunion with the inner self. Now, I've had many, many moments of reunion. My lifelong journey personally is to um, expand those moments and to be able to have more of them. And you were saying there were lots of things that cover that, like patterns and programmings. And so, you know, um, you find out where you're still holding on to a story when you get triggered, you know. So being triggered pulls one into a river, you know, where we're in fear and we make somebody else our higher power. We make a situation our higher power and then we lose that connection. So I find with the chanting, which is ostensibly a meditation, really, um, I can get back into that zone of, um, of, of, of that connection. And then, you know, that feeling of self-acceptance, self-love starts to arise again. And it's always then that I feel all right with the world. You know, when I disconnect from that, you know, then it's just a journey of giving power away um, and, uh, yeah, one has to look at the map again, so to speak. We're yeah. on maps today, Michael. Yes, yes, we definitely are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely feel what you're saying. It, it, it seems to me that, like, I, I really enjoy this exploration into these different practices. And it seems like every practice 
has its own kind of unique uh, contribution uh, and flavor, I guess, to the way we experience this state of stillness. Um, for chanting, personally, I've really experienced an embodied um, feeling and heart, a heart feeling, a, a, like a, a warmness and an openness that's quite unique, I think, to chanting. Um, I'm just kind of dipping my toes in the waters, so to speak, at the moment. I've just got a, a little harmonium shruti box that arrived a couple of days ago. Yeah. yeah, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, trying to find my voice, which is quite difficult. But I, there's something I think as well to be said around um, just kind of the place where the voice comes from rather than the sound, especially it feels that way in the beginning. But I... Um, the place where the where the voice comes from, this inner truth, this kind of real authenticity, it seems to me when I hear people singing from that place, even if they're not hitting all the notes, and even if they it doesn't sound amazing, I feel something, and that that connects to this kind of idea of um, connecting with this sense of feeling that comes from chanting. Do you do you experience that at all, or do you have any kind of words of wisdom around finding your voice? Yeah, um, I love what you just shared. Um, chanting, especially when you're leading a kirtan, kirtan meaning to sing the name, to sing the name of the highest vibration according to, to one's own understanding, um, is a function of connecting to the primordial ground. Like we all have within us, in essence, uh, a primordial um, vibration, the original vibration. And when we resonate with that, when we come into alignment with that, then everything starts to flow from that place. We recognize that that is who we are. And, you know, it has got nothing to do, as you're, you're right with that, Michael, about being a good singer. I mean, if you're a good singer, it, it, it can be a bonus, but it can go against you because it can lead you into performance as opposed to just allowing the channel of a higher grace, you know, to come through you. So finding voice, my voice found me because I definitely didn't have my voice in my, in my early life. I was very underconfident, very, you know, uh, very reliant on personality, very reliant on, producing, surviving really, masking to to kind of cope with this scary world, you know, it was a bit like the jungle book or something, you know, where am I, where am I going, who am I, what, what on earth is this all about, I was really bemused for a long time. Um, I was very fortunate to have a profound awakening in 1989 directly through this practice of um, Kirtan chanting and Back then, it wasn't a common thing in uh, in the West. I mean, yes, in Asian culture, of course. Um, however, in, in kind of Western London, you know, there weren't very many people doing that at all, you know. And um, I came across um, a particular um, meditation group where there was some chanting and... Um, you know, I purchased uh, what, what was a cassette tape in those days. And um, I was also out of work as, a, as an actor because that was my first career. I haven't done that for many years now, but I was out of work at the time, as most actors are. And uh, I was 
working in a delicatessen part time and feeling very subdued and like, oh, the career's going nowhere. Again, this big question, who am I? Where am I going? I think the reason I was drawn to acting, I thought, well, like, at least I could hide and, and pretend to be somebody else and I wouldn't have to face myself in some way, you know. Um, and I, I would go home in the lunch hour, which was around, my, my house was around the corner, and I put this cassette tape on and I started chanting along with it. And I suddenly started to have these movements of Shakti, if you like, divine energy moving through my whole system. And I started to have profound experiences of unity consciousness. I remember walking in a London park and everybody I looked at was an extension of my very own self. It was the most amazing feeling, the kind of experience that you might have had, you know, taking a taking a, a, a pill or a, or a drug or, you know, it was, but it really was the true state. Um, and I was in that state for a month of my life. Like there was absolutely no separation um, and no fear. And then there were waves upon waves of bliss that kept arising and I would laugh and cry with joy. It was like I could walk through walls with fearlessness, you know, like I could approach anybody. I could have a conversation. There was no limit. And were you were you continuing your practice throughout this month? Like what, what was that yeah, month I like? That's interesting. Yeah, I was chanting every day. And what was interesting, Michael, is that my circumstances had not changed. I was still an out-of-work actor. I was still, you know. But once I connected to that state, that, that pure consciousness within, it did not matter. It didn't matter who I was and where I was going because I was at home. And, you know, this is why I understand why some ascetic monks or sadhus, shall we say, can just sit by the side of the road for centuries in India, you know, because when you connect with that state, you don't need anything. You certainly don't need approval, validation, <laughs> affirmation, which was, you know, the whole deal um, when I was in active addiction, it was this desperate search for reassurance from the outside world. Well, I had all the assurance in the world because I was that. I I was in that zone and um, I, I felt I could do anything. I felt I could conquer the world, you know. Mm. Um, and it was, it was a really blessed month. It was a classic, spiritual awakening um where i was given hope out of a dark rabbit hole you know but it seems like there was something that took place for that to happen like there was a change there was a, a little bit of an experimentation um from your part there was you stepping into something before this actually happened before this kind of profound yeah. experience took place and i think that's an important thing to recognize as well that you know it does definitely um, take place with um, these spiritual awakenings out of thin air, uh, but they do um, also, and and not saying that that needs to happen for anyone or that's what people should be aiming for or you know none of that. But I think I think the important thing about this transformation in your life from such a low point to such you know the extreme opposite 
something worth recognizing is this initial step of, you know, I'm going to try something a little bit different. I'm going to see what this is about and I'm going to give this a go. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, they say, don't they, if you do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, the definition of insanity is there. However, if you want a new result, you have to do something different. And I mean, think about it. You know, I was like middle-class girl in London um, in the 80s. Um, can you imagine how weird that was, really? Think about it, to be chanting in that era, you know, um, to, you know, putting a cassette on every day. I mean, my partner at the time really did think I was losing the plot, you know. <laughs> but the fact was I was losing the original plot, and thank God, you know, the original plot... <laughs> was just not serving me you know well, that's the stuck. crazy one really isn't it mm. yeah that's right you know the the kind of i was lost in trying to find myself in the day-to-day -day conditioning uh, expectations from family you know expectation from friends of of who i was and how i was supposed to show up but what was lovely when i was in that state is that these sort of paradigms that are created by our conditioning just did not exist, you know. Um, and there was a beautiful feeling. That the direction is always there, um, rather like, I don't know if you ever read that beautiful book by Paolo Coelho, is it? Um, the Alchemist. Yeah, I was gifted that so, for my last birthday, actually. Is It was a beautiful book. Yeah, that's really strange, isn't it, that I said that? I haven't mentioned that book, but that book was had a profound effect on me in my in my 20s um, because, I, for me, that's the ultimate book about someone who had the courage to follow the guidance within. Mm. And... Um, so, yeah, I, I thank God every day that I had that that month, because no matter what happens now in my journey, I can always anchor back. And, you know, if somebody tells me, you know, life's a life's a bitch and then you die, you know, we all have moments, don't we, when we when we when we when we actually think that. But I know that that's not the truth. I know from my own experience that there is a meaning, there is a purpose. And, you know, sometimes it's trapped behind a veil of clouds, you know, because I just want to get very, very clear to anybody who might be listening. I was blessed to have that experience. And I have my sadhana spiritual path to follow, you know, I'm an imperfect or perfectly imperfect human being and I've got stuff to work with like we all have, you know, I'm not enlightened as such. However, I did have a glimpse of what enlightenment feels like. Um, and so every day, you know, I remember that anchor and I, you know, choose to move into a deeper acceptance of everything about myself but most importantly about others too you know the most 
the most important thing you know that i'm realizing these days is to see my brother and my sister in every face as soon as i'm judging anyone or anything very quickly because i'm quite sensitive these days i'm thrown outside the connection you know i, I can't get away with judgment mm. you know i have to really watch what i'm thinking about um you know and that's that's the sadhana and then i find that when i've put that effort in to be mindful about what i'm thinking about and and my actions i find that there's then another wave of grace and i'll have another exquisite heart opening you know that glorious glimpse again of that state um but it is up to us you know to do the work um and really the work is getting out of the way you know and just remembering who we are and behaving um as we were designed to be which is loving you know um you know people often say you know are you, are you religious or what religion do you follow and you know if, if i follow anything it's the religion of love um and i'm you know i'm a i'm a, a junior in studying the language of love i i think it's such a banded around word isn't it love you know every song has the word love in it the love i experienced in that awakening moment was so complete there was nothing missing it was absolutely whole and complete and there there was no more words there was nothing more to say um and it was just natural to love everyone and everything around me and in fact there was one moment in that experience where um i had a vision and the vision was of this beautiful being who appeared before me probably in my third eye but it really did feel like i don't know what sex it was it was genderless you know shimmering blue and ebony black hair sort of charcoal eyes and there was like dew like rose dew pouring down its face and it was kind of shaking its head like this and the being said what do you want to know and um and i just said you know why is it so hard down here and the being said dearest nikki all there ever has been all there ever is and all there ever will be is love that is all that is happening here on earth and everything else we do everything else we do is tiddlywinks it's it's just the moving of the chess pieces back and forth you know the job the this the that but then it all becomes alive and meaningful you know when we have that connection and i think you know each of us is on this wonderful voyage wonderful journey to um to experience that grace to experience that vibration that energy within and you know chanting has been phenomenal for me to get in touch with that space mm 
Thank you for sharing all of that, Nikki. That sounds like it's quite a lot to take in, but I definitely, I'm definitely, you know, resonating with what you're saying. And um, yeah, I can definitely feel the truth within that. It's, I, just, I don't even know where to where to begin with unpacking all of that. I guess a lot of it probably doesn't need to be unpacked, and it kind of stands, you know, on its own in its own kind of on its own legs. But I want to talk a little bit more around this idea of vibration and, yeah. uh, you know, the vibration of all that is, and trusting or or aligning our our own rhythm, our own vibrational kind of energy with you know um you know everything else that's 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 out there and i think it happens naturally i think that we are already kind of connected and 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 vibrating with all that is like how like i'm not sure how things could be any other way i'm i want to write a book on vibes i'm kind of getting information from different guests on their own take on on vibes and um I wanted to hear what your thoughts on on that as well and and kind of the way you look at vibration and especially you know from someone that leads these curtains and even the vibration of sound and how that how that transmits and how that connects and how you can share that and and embrace that and and become one with that um and then you know linking into what you were saying about the vibration of your life and and getting out of the way to be able to kind of um, you know, connect or calibrate yourself with what's really going on. Um, could you speak a little bit about uh, vibes or, or vibrational energy? Yeah. Um, funnily enough, I run a program one-to-one, but it also comes into some of the coursework that I offer. Um, I call it Vibe Fit. Okay. In other words, identifying vibrational fitness. So, you know, we're all used to the model of going to a gym to get fit or whatever mode we use, or perhaps we, we do yoga, you know. Um, and we all understand what it is to pursue physical fitness and energy. But I think the new, the, the new era is the pursuit of inner fitness, the inner life, the thirst for the inner life, that connection to the inner vibration, you know. This is where a lot of the world are moving now. Um, and it's nothing new. It's been here since the beginning of time. You know, once we've tried everything else, once we've exhausted everything else, once we've disconnected to the extreme, you know, and in the individual, like a rock bottom through drinking drugs, you know, whatever rock bottom we have. Like a collective go, oh, rock bottom, yeah. The collective rock bottom. It's like, oh, God, you know, and now we've had COVID, yada, 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 you know, what? what We've really excelled ourselves at the bottom. So that doesn't work, that doesn't work. What is it I'm looking for? You know, it's um, a bit like Winnie the Pooh, what do Tiggers like best? You know, we go, oh my God, yes, it's it's the vibe. You know, I mean, in the 60s, everybody was saying good vibes, good vibes, man, and all of this, you know. Um, you know, and it's been used as a lingo word, hasn't it, within the music industry and, but in truth, vibration is exactly where it's at and um sound for me is the fastest way to tap into the field the field the primordial field where the vibration is the sweetest and that's what i'm interested in my work that's my main passion is to create spaces where people can connect to that original field and then what they do with that connection is their choice. 
you know, it's a bit like being a potter. It's like, here's the clay. I'm going to introduce you to clay. I'm going to introduce you <clears throat> to what is possible. And then whether you make that into a, a bowl or a vase is your choice. That's the tiddlywinks in a way. It's like, you know, for some people, they're going to follow this vocation. They're going to go to that country. That's the joy that we can do anything once we're connected. It's But we have it the other way around, don't we? We, we often say, you know, when I have the promotion, when I'm when I cheer up, when I this, you know, I will maybe look into some of that. But we've been starting at the opposite end. And, you know, this is not new or revelatory, I think, to many people, what, what I'm saying. Um, but we are all looking for that nectarian drink. You know, no wonder. No wonder, no wonder people are alcoholics, you know, because they're asking the right question. Where is the long call drink mm. <laughs> that will fill my soul mm. so that I'm full on the inside? And so then the wellspring can then expand to other people. And um, so, you know, I would say to anyone, start with the sound, start with, with mantra, you know, find... A mantra that really resonates with you this is really important you know don't don't just accept one blindly you know just listen to um, various kirtan recordings mantra recordings you know if you're really really longing to discover that vibrational connection through the power of prayer you will be um, you will be put together with the right environment, the right path, the right practice for you. Um, yeah, so in the in the inner fitness work that I offer, you know, people come, I'm a bit like um, a kind of vibrational gym trainer and the person will come with their hopes, aspirations of what they want to create and you know, the sessions are all around supporting that connection. And then what I love to do is to build a bridge between um, these kind of very yogic sonic practices and real life, because it's one thing, isn't it, to be doing all of our sacred practices in our, you know, meditation spaces, meditation centers, retreat spaces, yoga centers but the really interesting moment is when we feel it pouring into our daily life so that where we're coming from you know we're chanting our lives we're singing our lives you know um there's a beautiful book by Hazrat Anayat Khan which is like my bible really it's called the music of life and um you know he talks about all of us being the instruments of one great orchestra and that if there's one instrument that is not playing its true note then the world is a little less well off so in other words it's our it's our joy to be the instrument that we were designed to be so you know if we were born to be a piccolo for example which is a very unique instrument and quite high pitched. 
and we find ourselves in a trombone section, we're going to have the experience that we're being blasted out, we're not being heard, and we're suddenly very disillusioned. Is there something wrong with us? No. We just ended up in the wrong section for us. But I'll also back up that nothing's wrong because everything's a learning curve. So, you know, the metaphor in life is that, you know, in my early life, I was in all sorts of wrong, but they weren't really wrong. They were just places where I learned what wasn't right for Nikki, mm. you know, mm. you know, where I was in some quite heavy scenes, you know. Um, but they were they were perfect because they were blasting me out, really, like the trombones. No offense against trombones. Trombones are perfect. <laughs> if you don't have the trombones coming in in that perfect moment. But there's, a, I think what I love about that book is it's, there's a place for everyone. It's like nothing's ever really wrong. It's just that we need to understand the music that is in us, the, the music of our own life. Which section am I in? And by the way, that section can change. It's like, you know, you might have been a trumpeter, for example, who's played classical for many, many years, and then suddenly you want to be like Louis Armstrong, you know, in a jazz band. But when that moment comes, it's probably advisable to let go of playing first trumpet in the classical orchestra because it's going, you're going to, be, going to be frustrated and something that used to be fun is suddenly discordant. That happened to me as an actress. I just didn't mean anything to me anymore. Was there something wrong with being an actor? Of course not. You know, but it, it's, it's a wonderful form of expression and it gives so much joy. However, for me, I was having the experience of being a classical trumpeter that needed to break out and move into the yoga of sound. You know, that, that was my, that was the section of the orchestra that I needed to be in. And, um, and that is a function of vibration coming back to your original inquiry. You know, um, we, we all feel a certain resonance, don't we? And, and I love it when, you know, that, that amazing moment where you're resonating with certain people, like there's a real sense of this person's in my music section and I'm in theirs and we're meant to be playing, you know, like I, I, an, an amazing thing that's happened to me along the way on this path is that whenever I need something or, or the Shakti is showing me that there's a next step to take. So for example, I'm going to create a video course in the next two to three months. Never done that before. And, and the beauty of COVID <laughs> is that it's pushed everybody into this place. You know, who knows whether I'd be chatting to you if it hadn't been for COVID, I don't know. But, you know, um, and I was thinking, how am I going to do it? And then just magically, out of nowhere, one of my chanting clients is an expert in all of that and has stepped forward um and i've had that all the way along the way you know i, I remember years ago i had a client who worked for a well-known ad company in london and he was my private client and he wouldn't mind me sharing because he's given me a testimonial on my website uh but he um he gave me the opportunity to lead a team build for his, um, you know, 
account holders and all the people that were working in his office. And it was the most memorable morning. I mean, to have all of these ad guys chanting their socks off. <laughs> you know, and it was quite quite edgy, risky stuff. I mean, you know, back in the day, that was really odd to do that. But they absolutely loved it. And they afterwards said they had more energy, you know, in one morning of chanting than they'd had in six months. You know, and they've got to know each better each other better than being in a, six months in an open plan office where ostensibly you should be all tight with everybody but it was the chanting it was the vibration that pulled them all together and then they started you know buzzing with creative ideas um and then as a result of that um i've been looking for ways of getting my work across because it's very difficult to describe i imagine like um, maybe Coca-Cola when it first came out, how do you describe Coca-Cola? And then the whole thing came up, the real thing. You know, I didn't know how to describe vibrational energy work, really. So, and I manifested six months of complimentary, can you imagine, ad time from this very well-known ad company. And they did this campaign for me. And they came up with uh, the phrase chemistry at work because they knew that they needed to find a pitch for me that would be resonant with finance managers because the finance managers need to know what this product is going to produce. So they identified, you know, when you've got chemistry between people, when you've got good chemistry flowing inside, there's more product productivity and therefore more success. And they just did this whole storyboard. And I was gobsmacked, you know, there was this sort of, woo-woo effectively some people could say thing that you couldn't really grasp and they went and they you know and i did quite a few engagements for teams you know um so i guess the point of that story is that when we're in that vibrational zone the best music happens in mm. our life mm. i love that i love the idea of that of the music and the instrument what are we going to say about where we're not well, when we're, when we're not in that complete attunement, we will find that we're a violin sitting in the viola section, which is not as extreme as a piccolo and a trombone. Mm. But it's like there's something not quite... It doesn't feel right, yeah. And I think that's... I don't know what it is. It's very, mm. Because it gets... You see, the more awake we get, Michael, isn't it true? It gets subtler and subtler. At the beginning, it, there are very extreme gaps you know particularly if you're if you're on the path of addiction which is a phenomenal path by the way i mean you learn a lot if you're going through addiction you know or, or whatever it is some other people go through terrible physical tragedy you know or or they have people that die when they're very young in their life or you know and that's a really really heartbreaking extreme to feel and you think oh my god will i ever find harmony again you know um, but the closer we get, we get very, very close, but then it's not quite. And it's like, I like these people, but there's something that's not quite on the bone of who I am. You know? mm. I think that's and just so, thinking back to your story about the, the you know, when you're when act, an actress earlier in the day and you were, you know, you were wearing these masks, I guess, you know, metaphorically and, and literally as well. Um, and then, you know, to have such a profound experience over the month to then 
have to kind of make sense all that of all of that amongst your you know your peers at the time and the people in that grungy scene that you mentioned that was so you know on a, on a in a different space because you had transitioned like you said out of that space and then to kind of find your element amongst all of that must have been an interesting process and i, I love what you said about the instruments and um i feel as though these um you know finding it's i think that's also metaphorical and literal as well when you're looking for an instrument to play whatever you naturally <laughs> gravitate to towards is usually what's meant to be for you and and i found that personally and then that 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 gives you a sense of motivation and drive and and you go a bit deeper into that instrument that you might not have otherwise done if you were forced to play it or if it was the only one offered at your you know at your music teacher's office and then um having having like thinking about that in a metaphorical sense as well is like you're everyone's got some kind of a unique path some kind of a unique thing that makes them who they are we're all kind of adding you know our paint strokes to the the big painting or the, or you know that our our voice to the to the choir and the interesting thing about chanting i feel is though it brings those those vibrations in together as kind of as a as a as a union and it reminds us of kind of the unity that is already there in life because we are all in this together we are all part of the the one system and um, it's so easy to forget that with the, you know, with the different illusions and like we mentioned earlier, the conditioning that takes place and, 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 and that kind of covers every, everything over. But I, I find these practices coming back to these practices allows us to, again, get glimpses or, or take breaths within this kind of um, dance or experience that we're going through. Um, could we talk a little bit? I know... I'm just kind of cognizant of time. Could we talk a little bit about the specifics of of chanting and and kind of break it down a little bit? Because I'm interested from, I guess, my analytical side of things. I I I I'd be interested to kind of break apart, for example, um, how you have a drone sound in the background. I mentioned the Shruti box recently, and and the words, the mantras, the meaning, um, even even the different flavors or the different, like you mentioned earlier, go with what calls you in terms of a mantra, the different flavors within maybe the scales. Um, could you tell me about the elements of, of a chant? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to say just before I do that, but it will kind of weave in mm. is we get lost in words as human beings. We try and cement everything together through words, um, but the words only transmit once the vibration is in, and then the words ride the vibration that we're set to. In other words, we start to speak from a space of connection mm. rather than, you know, to try and find that connection. And um, chanting really supports that actually um so 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 what is chanting um so really the path of kirtan is bhakti yoga and many of you watching may well already be great fans of bhakti yoga but for those of you who don't know um bhakti essentially means uh devotion devotion uh longing to come back to that wellspring within. There is a real thirst for 
uh, homecoming, reunion with the inner self. We may not know that that's what that thirst has been all this time. Bhakti is this trust that as we chant with devotion, we will have an absolute experience of reunion with our own inner self. The, the practice of kirtan, chanting mantras of love, came from the poet-saint movement of India um, in 7th century AD um, in the Tamil Nadu region where you had the Alvas and the Nayanas who were poet-saints who had found that connection to Supreme Consciousness in their own heart. And they had waves upon waves of bliss arising. And from that place of bliss, they wrote beautiful poetry, which uh, they would then go into the marketplace and they would share these poems that they had tapped into effectively the words, this is exactly what I'm talking about, they got into the vibrational zone through these deep states of meditation and then the poetry would arise. And they knew that this was really important because they found the temple within. And they knew that particularly in India there was a, this caste system where the lower castes were not welcome in temples because they didn't have money to pay the priests, etc. So they went to the marketplace and said, look, you have a treasure within you, you have everything that you need within you you know, go within. You don't need an out, uh, external temple. It's all here. And you can imagine that the people were so overjoyed and so inspired that they began singing in the streets. They might have chanted, you know, they might have taken a couple of words from the poem, like, hey, Ram, hey, Ram. So they'd sing three or four words, hey, Ram, hey, Ram, you know, and people would play maybe play instruments in the streets, they might have banged pots and pans, but it was like a celebration of what ostensibly they had discovered within. And um, hence the name Kirtan arose. It was the people's response to the poet saints. And so mantra means instrument of the mind. So we have a mantra, my favorite being Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. I bow to or I merge with my own true self. And as we repeat a mantra like Om Namah Shivaya or Sri Ram Jai Ram, victory to the light, to the beloved within, Sri, the most illustrious one. So we're talking about the vibrational quality of God, Goddess, Divine Consciousness within. And it's really important when you chant that you have your own conscious contact. So that might be the Christ Consciousness for you. It might be paganism. It might be the ocean itself. But the most important thing is that you are devoting back in your heart to who you truly are through the practice. And as we repeat the mantras. Um, you have instruments like the harmonium or the drone and a drum, a tanpura. There's a tanpura drone as well, um, which is like a cello instrument. Doing, 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 you know. <laughs> and the melodies are really important because they are inspired by raga, and raga are the scales, rags are the scales that many of these chants are inspired from. 
and rag means mood or mode. So the mood, the instruments, the mantra, the vibration, everything comes together. And then we have that supreme and sublime experience of connection. And we actually realize we are made of vibration. Everything is vibration. And actually, the truest vibration is the vibration of bliss, ecstasy even. We're all chasing that elixir. You know, look at all the classic tales, the Holy Grail, you know, you know Jason and the Golden Fleece. And, you know, there is a treasure within that is full of nectar, you know, it is nectarian. It's like the drink of life. And I truly believe that addiction is the absolute power opposite of that, but it is the same pursuit. It is the same pursuit, but misguided. Hmm. So I, I believe that all, all beings that struggle with addiction, and that's most of the planet on some level, whether it's social media addiction or whatever, it's the thirst for the self. It's, it's like being in a barren desert. And it's like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You know, and, um, you know, the sad thing is, it's like the, the story of the old boy in India. He had nothing. He had no, he found it hard to eat every day. And he was a beggar, you know, and he used to sit on a rubbish heap. And then after he dies, they dig up the rubbish heap. And there is a treasure chest underneath. And when they open it up, it's full of gold. And he spent his entire life unaware of the treasure. And, um, you know, we've all had our beggar days, haven't we? You know, where we don't realize that we have this supreme connection in our heart. Um, but yes, you know, we're, we, we are vibrational beings and one can talk about it till the cows come home, but the but the, the, the best thing is just to chant and discover for, for ourselves. Um, I've actually written a book. I'm not saying you will have to go out and buy it, but just as a matter of interest, you know, I've, I've documented my journey from early life through the awakening to the current day. But I write the book, The Healing Power of Chanting, as a tool for people to get on board the chanting train. So there are downloads of each chapter is named after a particular chant and documents a particular moment in my own journey. But I like, but what I love about the, the book is that as I share my journey, the reader can go on their journey too. And in fact, uh, my editor and mentor, writing mentor is from Australia. And, um, and then she, she invited me out to Melbourne um, Michael, about uh, four or five years ago, I came to chant for a um, big book launch that she was doing. And uh, that was an amazing experience to to have about 250 people in dinner gear, you know, dicky bows and long dresses coming to the front of this stage in this very unusual setting and to have everybody chanting. It was um, very memorable events. And in fact, we the, the opening frame on my website is of that occasion. It was so I have very fond memories of Melbourne, which is probably why I uh, 
when I saw you came from there, I was like, yay, Michael's from Melbourne. I remember. <laughs> You'll need to let me know if you're ever back in town. Um, I feel as though this you must have had so many experiences like this, maybe not like that unique experience, but of that nature, you know, like you mentioned these ad executives in the boardroom and these these people in their in their dinner attire at this book launch. I feel as though um you also mentioned love and having having these kinds of experiences, which if I am to reflect on my own life, they're really they're really the most significant ones. Their their experience of experiences of love of of this kind of unity, and I can only imagine you know the the amount of moments that you've experienced through um, this journey with chanting. Yeah, I mean, I'm very blessed, and we're we're all blessed. It's just whether we realize it or not, and anybody can be touched by the power of mantra, you know, the key thing is just to begin chanting. And, you know, everybody is on, as I said, that we're all in different sections of the orchestra. Mm. So, so, you know, for some people, you might put on a Krishna Das recording um, and, you know, it's like, oh boy, this is, this is where I resonate. I just don't want to go anywhere else. You know, that's the right one for you, you know, for others, you might be chanting with Jayutal, you know, wonderful Kirtan leader, or Diva Pramel, you know, lovely, mellow, flowing, you know. Everyone finds their own way, you know. For others, it's like traditional, um, you know, like I have a beautiful um, a previous graduate of a training I run. I run a Kirtan leader training every year. Um, and uh, she's called Gaia Sanskrit. You can find her online. She's phenomenal. And she studied Sanskrit since she was a young girl. And there's a real purity in the way she delivers mantra, recites. It really, really touches me very deeply. So, and you know, you know what it's like. It's like somebody will be your route to connection for a period. And then it, then it might change. But the key thing is not to get into, I've got to get it right. I've got to oh, do, you know, all cerebral about it. Just ask your heart to be led to the wellspring of mantra that is right for you. You know, start researching. There are many recordings out there. If you're interested in my stuff, um, you know, I'm on iTunes, Spotify. I have CDs if that's of interest to you. And you've got um, these courses, like you mentioned, these one-on-one sessions. Absolutely. What, yeah. With this so, Kirtan leadership training, what do you what do you, what do you share with with the students in that course? That sounds like it would be, yeah, like I I've got no idea where what that would look like. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's it's the first of its kind in the UK, a first accredited training. It's a two hundred hour, and um, we go through all the elements of leading kirtan, um, you know, and you also get basic harmonium skills, tabla skills, learning about rag, um, vocal technique, um, leadership skills, mm. you know, connecting with the channel, um, mastering your inner critic. This is a very crucial part of the training uh, because that's something that we work on for two days to get out of the way of 
the divine channel, the divine flow. Um, but I am, you know, and I'll let you know, Michael, when it's done, I'm about to put out, as I said at the beginning of the interview, a um, Learn to Lead Kirtan Taster course, hmm. which, which is a lovely taster for people and will certainly give you um, the satisfaction of beginning to explore the elements. And then, you know, then there's the possibility of doing the 200-hour training. Now, that training is a physical training in the UK. Why, why is it physical? Because it's so shamanic and it's like we have a maximum of 22 students and we get on a boat together. We leave the harbour and we go through all the vibrational seas until we pull up in our harbour at the end. 200 hours later um, it's one of the most profound and privileged things i've ever had had the opportunity to deliver um, and i have a phenomenal team with me and there's um, some wonderful testimonials from previous graduates on my website um, who knows though in in the future you know with invitations you know i could possibly run some kind of seminar program in Australia, you know, or other areas of the world in the future, because I, I do recognize that not everybody can travel the other side of the world to do a physical training. So, you know, anything's possible. Anything's I guess you just possible. have to continue flowing which in, in whichever direction the wind blows you. <laughs> um, yes, so yes. I, I really appreciate you coming and having a conversation with me today, Nikki. Do you want to share a little bit more before we close things up on how people can get in touch and find out more and, and um, where they'll be able to find your book as well? Yeah, absolutely. So my book, The Healing Power of Chanting, is on Amazon. Um, so you can find it there. Um, or you can write to my PA at uh, my website, nikkislade.com. If you join my mail shot you'll get some free downloads as well and then um you know i have four chanting cds um you know nectarine was the first one then monsoon then epiphany is a double album and then i have a sonic meditation one called soundscape so they're all available uh on itunes spotify etc um, or we can send you out a CD if you write again to my PA at my website. You can you can find it all there, um, and all the information of the courses there. Also, we could all chant together. Michael, I'm going to give you. I'm going to offer you a complimentary chance to come on a Thursday morning, 8 a.m. And okay. um, that sounds great. I tell you what. I tell you what I'll do actually for your listeners. Uh, I'm, anybody who has listened to this podcast and would like one complimentary chant, uh, it would have to be the Thursday 8 a.m., which is what time for you? Is that 8 p.m. for you? And I'll, oh, my cat's a, coming in. So yeah, I can, I, can, I can hear. <laughs> um, this, this, talk, we're talking is, about that primordial cat. sound. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a sonic cat. And he, mm. he, he feels vibration, actually, very deeply. He's a Burmese, which I think, Australia is quite familiar with the Burmese. I think there's a lot cats of cats are interesting cats, creatures. They're fascinating. Think about them yes. in, in Egyptian times and and the, our fascination with cats and and their their ability to tune into that vibrational energy is fascinating. You know, when I had that experience, I talked about the awakening. I mm. had like ESP with cats. I know it sounds strange, but we were like chatting on a whole other plane. 
and I had flashes of Egypt. So it's funny that you should say that just as he comes in. Mm. And he's roaring, he's purring. He can feel the energy of this interview. He's loving that pattern. <laughs> <laughs> he's loving it. He's loving it. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I was saying, if anybody would like to come uh, to the 8 a.m. UK time, which is, I think, 8 p.m. your time, um, check the time conversions. Um, if you just write to us and say, just watch the podcast, would love a free link for this one. Um, then we we can do so for the first for the first one, and I'm certainly extending that to you, Michael. So let me know when you'd like to come. Yeah, definitely. I'll be I'll be there very shortly. I'll I'll definitely stay in touch and and we'll organize a date. But thank you so much for sharing that with us and just sharing, you know, all all this. Like you said, it's kind of beyond words. This energy and this this vibration of just your your being here with us, um, in this moment. I I feel as though there's definitely something to be said around, um. This this idea of sound beyond language, the primordial language, the vibration, the the sounds that we create, they kind of fill in the spaces between what we're trying to say, and and that can be felt. Mm. Yes, beyond words is definitely a great phrase. In fact, I did a workshop once called Beyond Words. You've got it. It is beyond words. So I'd say everybody just get along and chant and see what happens for you. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been an interesting chat and one that I really have um, have enjoyed. And I'm going to continue my exploration of chanting. Um, Nikki has kindly mentioned that um, she may um, be able to have me look after one of her instruments, which will be an amazing exploration for myself into this into this new world of chanting. And I really appreciate that from Nikki. Please do check out her stuff. Please do uh, connect with her in some way if you feel like it. Because there is a lot to um, to kind of, I guess, experience with the world of chanting. And Nikki is a great, um, you know, I guess, door opener in that, in that area. So again, thank you, Nikki, if you're listening to this. And thank you out there for, for listening to this. And um, I will catch you in the next episode. Um, Be well.